All right, that was a blessing, isn't it? Uh, I praise and thank God for the life of Pastor Abel for just always diligent and uh, such a blessing to uh, see him do a lot of hard work here in the church, amen? amen. And just uh, looking for some great songs and good songs to bless our hearts. That's why we are blessed to be choir members because we get to learn new songs. And, uh, you know, when we were rehearsing, uh, some of us were emotional, you know, uh, singing that song. And, uh, of course, uh, all of us here are, we are truly missing uh, the presence of our dear pastor, isn't it? Our late, late pastor, uh, Pastor Max. But uh, we thank God that uh, there's always comfort in the Word of God. That is in the best place that a child of God could ever be in the presence of God, but humanly speaking, we still missed him, and uh, especially in these holidays, isn't it? And um, uh, I just want to greet my mother-in-law and Pastor Max in heaven, uh, happy, happy wedding anniversary, I think 46th today, and thank God we were able to celebrate it, isn't it, last year, the 45th, remember, you know, that uh, little rain in the tent at the backyard of the, the church, so thank God we are able to do that and honor them, and uh, it's been a year, yes, and uh, but we thank God for the comfort we can always find in the scripture as we look beyond this life in, uh, with spiritual eyes, isn't it? We, we can see there's a glad reunion that will be happening someday, and for those whose fathers are not here anymore, but they are a believer in Christ Jesus, we have that blessed hope, that comfort that he is now with our everlasting Father in heaven, isn't it? Our Heavenly Father, and that always, you know, triumph the sadness, um, the, the longing that we have in our hearts, knowing that truth, that one of these days uh, we will be together with them. So I was asked to already give the message because we have a, a wonderful program uh, ahead of us uh, in this service, and... Um, and I thought Sister June was singing, and uh, Sister, uh, oh, next Sunday pala, yun kalang. And Sister Sailin, are practicing. So, uh, Sister Jenny, yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought I'm going to hear them sing today, but uh, looking forward to that. So, if there's no special music, I'll try to sing this song. Feeling nervous too, uh, so to alleviate that nervousness. I've sung um, this song before. I think Pastor Max even sang this. Um, speaking about our Heavenly Father who watches over us. You know, this is just abrupt, so sorry if there's no lyrics, but uh, just listen to the message of the song. I hope it will bless our hearts that uh, if you don't have uh, a good father in this life, isn't it? Uh, a good earthly dad or papa. Tatay or Ama, but as a Christian, as a believer, we always have uh, a great and a good Heavenly Father who watches over us. All right. I trust in God wherever I may be, upon the land or on the rolling sea. For come what may, 
From day to day, my heavenly Father watches over me. I trust in God, I know He cares for me. On mountain bleak, or on the stormy sea, though billows roll, He keeps my soul. My Heavenly Father watches over me. He makes the rose an object of His care. He guides the eagle through the pathless air. And surely He remembers me. My Heavenly Father watches over me. The valley may be dark, the shadows deep, but oh, the shepherd guards his lonely sheep. And through the gloom, he lead me home. My heavenly Father watches over me. I trust in God, I know He cares for me. On mountain bleak or on the stormy sea, though billows roll, He keeps my soul. My Heavenly Father watches over me. Happy, happy Father's Day to all our dads who are here today. And uh, somebody says that anyone can father a child, isn't it? If you are biologically fit or able, but it takes a special man to be a dad, isn't it? It takes a special man to be a dad. So lahat po ng tatay, ama, ng tahanan, papa, Daddy, happy, happy Father's Day to all of you. Uh, somebody also says, uh, for a dad, a son's first hero and a daughter's first love. Net? A dad is a son's first hero and a daughter's first love. So uh, I hope that uh, 
that is uh, applicable to us as fathers here in our church today by God's grace. And uh, before we continue on, let's have a word of prayer and uh, we'll dive into the message today. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, we thank you for this beautiful afternoon. Thank you for this, another opportunity that we can uh, look and reflect upon your word as we celebrate Father's Day today, this typical uh, holiday that we have every year. We also look, Lord, at uh, our Heavenly Father, who is uh, in his throne room above in heaven, who is also, Lord, in our midst today with his presence. And we thank him for his love, for his mercy, and his grace. And once again, Lord, we ask you for your blessing as we look and ponder upon your word today. We pray that may your word will have a free course in our hearts, in our midst. Hide me behind the cross of Calvary that the message will be seen, that um, something that will be said, Lord, will encourage all our dads and um, teach us to continue to trust upon you as our Heavenly Father. And we thank you, Lord, for the blessings of your word, even this morning, and the wonderful fellowship that we had here in our church. And we pray that you keep us safe as we have the service time, and uh, Continue to guide us and direct us, oh, for, oh Lord, and we just want to lift up the name of Jesus Christ this afternoon, for we ask all these things in Jesus' name, amen. Happy, happy Father's Day, as it says there in our slide, and um, and just want to share something light, uh, or I don't know if you'll be uh, smiling or laughing after I share this, something humorous before we start. Uh as dads, uh, we have precious dad moments, isn't it? Precious dad moments that we have in our lives as we started to be a father. And there is a story here of one uh, man, and it starts like this. One night, a wife found her husband standing over their newborn's baby crib. Silently, she watched him as he stood looking down at the sleeping infant, she saw on his face a mixture of emotions, disbelief, doubt, delight, amazement, enchantment, even skepticism. The dad, the father, would stand back, shake his head, and say, amazing, while smiling from ear to ear. Touched by his unusual display and the deep emotions it arose, her eyes glistened as she slipped her arms around him. And the mother asked the dad, A penny for your thoughts? She whispered in his ear. Isn't it amazing? The dad replied. When you take time and really look close, how can anyone make a crib for $45.99? Did you get it? The mother thought she's admiring their offspring, their child inside the crib. But the dad was really looking at the crib, all right? So, wow, precious dad moment. And uh, how about this? You know, we love to eat sandwiches, isn't it? A good old-fashioned sandwich. And according to the story, as ham sandwiches go, it was perfection. A thick slab of ham, a fresh bun, crisp lettuce, and plenty of expensive light brown gourmet mustard. The corners of my jaw were aching in anticipation. 
I carried it to the picnic table in her backyard, picked it up with both hands, but was stopped by my wife suddenly at my side. And she said, hold Johnny, our six-week-old son, while I get my sandwich, she said. So I had him balanced between my left elbow and shoulder and was reaching again for the ham sandwich when I noticed a streak of mustard on my fingers. I love mustard, the dad said, and I had no napkin, so I lick it off. It was not mustard. <laughs> no man ever put a baby down faster. It was the first and only time I have sprinted with my tongue protruding. With a washcloth in each hand, I did sort of routine. Shoeshine guys do, only I did it on my tongue. Later, my wife said, now you know why they call that mustard poupon. And I have a slide here. It was really, there's a mustard called poupon. And it looks like poop, <laughs> watery poop from a child who has diarrhea. So uh, how should that taste, you know? Um, well, it's still uh, organic, isn't it? And biologically good, but uh, look at that. Precious dad moments. And uh, probably you know this, um, this home improvement sitcom is called uh, Tool Time. How many of aware with this? Tim Allen is the star, you know, and he has his, this neighbor whose name is Al uh, Borland. And Tim Allen is not a handy money guy, but his neighbor, Al Borland, is a very handy money, but he do it in unique ways, unconventional ways. So, um, you know, sometimes there's a Father's Day gift away, and they have these gifts given to their dad. So this was like a joke, you know, like a gift number one for the man who never underestimates the power of letting your light shine. We are giving you the Borland One Million Candle Power Spotlight. Wow, isn't it? Spotlight. For uh, the dad who understands the importance of keeping a level head, we're giving you the Borley uh, Laser Leveler, or we remember Pastor Max, the Stanley, or Black and Dacre Laser Leveler, these wonderful tools, isn't it? Uh, about for the man who needs the occasional ego booster, we're giving you the Borland Stud Finder. Huh? Because when the dad places it on himself, it says Stud Found. You know? And that guy, that man will be delighted. Here's a stud, you know? So, uh, hmm. interesting gifts, isn't it? But um, to all the fathers, if you receive a gift or not, know that you're precious. Amen? You are needed in the home. So, it's good to be a man, isn't it, guys? Oh, I think I'm, there's only two people that agree with me. It's good to be a man, isn't it, guys? Amen? Why, you women might be asking? Well, first, our phone conversations are done 30 seconds flat. Hmm? Second, if there's a five-day holiday, it requires only one suitcase for a man. Number three, when clicking through the channels, you don't have to stall at every shot of somebody crying. We move on. Amen? <laughs> or drama. Number five. Uh, number four. Guys in hockey masks don't attack you unless you're playing hockey. Michael Bolton doesn't live in your universe. Huh? 
So it's good to be a man. Car mechanics will tell you the truth. If you're a guy, you can admire Clint Eastwood without starving yourself to look like him. Huh? Gray hairs and wrinkles only add character to men. And if you notice, uh, my hair is kind of black because I had a lot of help from my perpetual good sister-in-law. You know, he said, uh, she said, you need to have a haircut and uh, let's cover your gray hairs. You know? So um, number nine, if another guy shows up at a party in the same outfit, you might just become a lifelong bodies. But what happened for women? No, they might have a fight and quarrel, all right? And the occasional well-rendered belch is practically expected. So when we burp loud, <laughs> because we're guys, you know, sometimes it happens. That's why it's good to be a man. It's good to be a guy, all right? So how many know what day of the year are the most phone calls that are made on before the advent of social media or the free calls because of you have Wi-Fi or cell phone? Like, I think this applies for baby boomers, you know? So on Mother's Day, everyone wants to call home and talk to mom. So that's the most day that phone calls are made. Guess what happens on Father's Day? It's the most collect calls, all right? <laughs> that's okay though, Dad, because Dad likes to be needed. Isn't it? It's all good. And what comes around goes around. As the baby boomer said, just wait till we're in retirement and we'll be calling home and you will be the one who will pay for the collect calls, kids. It's our time, you know. That's before the invention of the social media and free calling. Remember those times, no? Still have to buy like phone cards or go to a, a place to place a call and you have to spend a lot of money collect calls. But right now, isn't it? Thank God for, wow, technology. So it seems like Father's Day just doesn't seem to be a very high priority compared to other holidays, does it? You know, sometimes uh, you hear this uh, news or this, this thing like, don't you know it's Father's Day when you go to a post office or somebody and people, uh, the cashier or the, the person is not really excited, you know? Uh, because it's not really uh, a day that's a very big deal that we celebrate about. In contrast though, Mother's Day is such a huge deal, isn't it? Forget Mother's Day and you'll be in the doghouse till Father's Day. Huh? And you feel like you are celebrating Independence Day <laughs> because you're in the doghouse. Mothers are highly esteemed on Mother's Day. You know, even for me as a young boy growing up in church, I remember every Mother's Day, it was always a salute to mothers. You know? But on Father's Day, all the preacher ever did was tell the dad what they should be doing, right? Instead of what they have been doing, right? You know, it was more like a boot camp than a day to honor dads. So I will not be like that this afternoon. So today, dads, this one's for you. And don't you know that fathers hold a very special place in society? A much higher place than they are given credit for today. For instance, how many of you have seen a commercial that actually makes dad look intelligent lately? Isn't it? It's the opposite. I think I noticed that too. Most commercials uh, here in TV in America uh, seems to see fathers as expendable parts of the family unit, as nothing more than sperm donors or debt 
deadbeat dads. Deadbeats. Like in courtrooms, isn't it? Divorced dads hardly have a fighting chance of obtaining custody of their kids or even being allowed to be a significant part of their kids' lives, much less have the opportunity to be the spiritual leader of their household. Sadly, many men today also neglect to see the importance of the role as father themselves, which is why the term dead beat dad was originally coined. As, as a result, their kids are growing up in an imbalanced and dysfunctional household. In fact, this is a, a survey taken 10 years ago. 39.6 of the children in America are going to bed every night without their biological father in the home. Sad, isn't it? And uh, it's happening nowadays, especially in America, uh, especially in mga black communities, no? Yung fatherless, the uh, crisis of uh, the statistics that don't lie of the absent, absence of the fathers in the home. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, 18.4 million children or one in four live without a biological step or adoptive father in the home. You know, that's enough children to fill New York City twice or Los Angeles four times over according to this statistic in fatherhood.org. Research showed that the absence of a father affects children in numerous unfortunate ways, while a father's presence makes a positive difference in the lives of both children and mothers. And it's a reality. All right? And it says the father's absence crisis in America, if they are not there, there'll be four times greater risk of poverty, more likely to have behavioral problems, two times greater risk of infant mortality, more likely to go to prison, more likely to commit crime, seven times more likely to become pregnant as a teen, more likely to face abuse and neglect, more likely to abuse drugs and alcohol, two times more likely to suffer obesity, and two times more likely to drop out of school. The ill effects of not having fathers in the home, a father figure in the home. So we see the importance of the father in the home. You know, um, so we need to realize this, that uh, the fathers need to be reinstated to the level of importance that God intended for them. In fact, I've seen very strong evidence which points to the fact that the reason American morality and spiritual integrity is such an all-time low is because of the declining value placed on the role of the father in today's society. When dad is undervalued, so is a right relationship with our Abba. Heavenly Father is also undervalued. That's why the Bible says in Romans 8, 15, uh, but yet not receive the spirit of bondage, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Thank God for the doctrine of adoption. Amen? That we were adopted, we were included in the family of God. Legally, we are entitled of the earth and the inheritance of a legal and biological child should get. And it's all because of what Christ had done for us on the cross of Calvary and the power of His resurrection. That's why we can... You know, even we're not Jewish, isn't it? In heritage, 
even as Gentiles who are saved by the blood of Jesus, we have the opportunity and the blessedness of calling our Creator, our Heavenly Father, Dad, Papa, because of the doctrine of adoption. Uh, you know, um, as I said, we, are, we don't have any Jewish parentage or um, uh, uh, legacy because uh, Abraham, who is the spiritual descendant of all believers in Christ, in Christ, is also, of course, biologically the descendants of the Jewish people who are given the privilege to have the Messiah born in their lineage and given the Word of God to, to write and, and pen the Old Testament and the New Testament, even though we're not having that Jewish you know, lineage, but thanks be to God, through Christ, who is a descendant of Abraham as the Messiah of the world, we have given the privilege to be called the sons of God because of the doctrine of adoption. So today my goal is not to remind our dads of their duties and responsibilities, you know, as a dad in the home, as too much though, encourage and remind us all of their importance the respect and the dignity of the role of a father. Fathers always play an extremely important and vital role in our families, in our nation today. That's why we uh, are going to read Colossians chapter 3, verse 18 to 20. All right. I think I have also the verses of scripture there. And we'll talk about the legacy of dad. The legacy of dad, the legacy of our heavenly father, our Heavenly Dad, and uh, I could also like to talk about the legacy of Pastor Max that had left here in our church because a lot of you treat him as your spiritual father or uh, second father, and of course, Myra and Jay, they're such a great dad, and he's my father-in-law, just to, um, you know, being tribute of his memory, and uh, four things I'd like to give to you about a father's legacy the, the way God used them as to express their love in their providing for us in his provision, in correction, in protection, and also in salvation. All right? So, but in Colossians chapter 3, verse 18 to 20, just follow me silently as I read God's word. But we can uh, start in verse 17. All right? The Bible says, And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. What a wonderful reminder, isn't it? So everything that we do for the Lord, we have to do it by Him. Amen? Amen. Through His help, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him because they will give us the strength. And then here's the advice for um, the home. And we see here the Bible introduces a hierarchical model of authority in the family, the chain of command, isn't it? Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Husband, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke or exasperate not your children to anger, lest they be Discourage. I think we can also see this in the epistle of Ephesians, isn't it? In chapter 5, this wonderful advice for domestic life, our responsibilities as husbands, as wives, as children in our home. Wives, it says there, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit unto the Lord. You know, and then husband loves your wives and, you know, do not be harsh with them or be bitter against them. 
children, obey your parents in everything, you know, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Of course, in God's will, all right? Of course, when they ask you to do evil things, you should not obey, of course, isn't it? As a child of God. And also, let me go to 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 to 7. 1 Peter chapter 3, we'll just go to this uh, passage of Scripture. Then we'll go to the practical side. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1 to 7. Alright? In my Bible, there's a heading, The Behavior of Wives and Husbands. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they may also without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. So here's a wonderful admonition. If a believing wife has an unbelieving husband, this is God's admonition to you. Be in subjection to your own husband. You know, submit. Lovingly submit still. Because, you know, if they obey not the word, they're not Christians, they're not believers, they may also be won. By God's grace, amen? By God's timing, as you continue to pray, as you continue to show good testimony and wonderful, you know, um, conversation or testimony, lifestyle to that unbelieving husband or vice versa, unbelieving wife, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. Verse 3, whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. Alright? You will not be able to win your unbelieving husband, unbelieving wife, by just outward appearance, outward beauty. But the Bible says, much more important is the inner man, the inner beauty, the changed person. That was changed by the power of the gospel of Christ. A wonderful testimony putting out to that unbelieving husband or unbelieving wife that can cause them, by God's grace, to turn to the Lord. Then in verse 5, For after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God, giving us now an example, adorned themselves being in subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham. You know, Abraham is the father of many nations, isn't it? Our spiritual father. And he was a good father also to Isaac, you know, the promised son. He was uh, obeying Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughter ye are, as long as ye do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. Likewise, ye husbands, after Apostle Peter gave an admonition to lovingly submit in the loving leadership of the husband, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them to our wives according to knowledge. Know them. Amen? Know what they like, what they dislike. Amen? Know their personality. Is that a mystery, guys? Is that very hard to know? But we need to know them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers be not Hinder. I just like to point what the Bible means, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. This is not discriminatory. This is not derogatory to women, isn't it? 
And we know in the chain of command, the hierarchical model of authority in the family, we know that the husband is the head of the home. Amen? And the wife, as they said, is the heart of the home. And the children are the happiness, heritage of the home. So in position of authority, the chain of command, since Adam was first made, amen, was first created, and out of Adam's side, out of Adam's loins, was created the woman, which is Eve, who is the mother of all living. So is this verse meaning that uh, the, the wife is the weaker vessel because they were made secondly before, after the men, or they're the ones who were tempted first of disobeying the Lord, and then they give in to the temptation. It's like that saying, you know, Eve eat us out of the paradise, you know, in Eden. Uh, is this verse weaker vessel uh, pertaining because women, in biological sense, they cannot carry a lot of bricks going up uh, and down the stairs because men are made more you know, stronger, physically speaking? Is that what a weaker vessel means here? I don't think so. For me, I believe this is talking about their position of vulnerability. Since they are given the command to submit to their husbands, and Peter is really uplifting women of all ages because, you know, they ought to submit to their husbands and they are men who will exploit you know, that command, that will abuse that command. So in that position of vulnerability, they are sort of like a weaker vessel. But we look at women, there's a lot of women that are strong, isn't it? That are mothers. And I have, uh, we have members here in our church who are single mothers who also act as a father at the same time. So they are strong, they're not weak mentally. Uh, I can say they are even sometimes more spiritual than the men than the dads, that they're more active in the church, they take more position. And in the ministry of Christ, women follow Him a lot, isn't it? Even in hard times, the people who are on the foot of the cross were women. Most of the disciples, the men were afraid, had gone out in the, in the day of resurrection, who are the first people who witnessed the resurrected Christ. It were women, it were mothers, isn't it? So it doesn't pertain to the mental or spiritual or, uh, you know, uh, other capacities, but I think it pertains to that position of vulnerability, of being submissive to their husband. So, we need to, as the Bible says, we need to know them according to knowledge, give them honor, because, you know, in, they're in that position of vulnerability, and we should never exploit or abuse that. So, thank God for our mothers. Amen? And thank God for our godly fathers who understand the role in their home. So when a man becomes a father, he is not given some sort of rule book on how to conduct himself. I think there's no manual of having being the greatest dad or the greatest father. So no one tells a man how to manage his household. It is something he picks up from a very few important sources. First, from the way his own father treated him how he grew up as a child and interacted with his dad. So some dads are strict, some dads are soft. So when the man becomes a father, sometimes he becomes either strict or the other way around, he becomes soft. Especially if he has daughters. You know, uh, remember growing up, uh, my dad is strict because he's kapampangan, you know? And kapampangan sometimes tends to have a 
yung high blood pressure, di ba? And, uh, but you know, he's strict in a sense that, imagine we're five boys in the family. Imagine when we fight with one another, when we do mischievous things. Sino bang hindi high blood, di ba? So he has to lay out some ground rules and, and you have to really obey that because, and, and we remember, isang sulyap lang ni daddy, you know? You need to behave yourself. You need to know what you have to do. Or, yung anino niya pa lang, di ba? Already uh, cast fear. Because, you know, if you do something bad, you know, you'll get, you know, correction. Paolo. Especially if you are so stubborn, you know, and rebellious. So, uh, and we appreciate that, that uh, strict discipline that we had. And sabi ko nga, kapag talagang rebelde ka, if you really are stubborn, hard-headed, you don't want to listen, you don't want to obey, you choose what kind of punishment you'll get, what kind of palo or pagpak, di ba? Merong belt, merong dos por dos, merong uh, branch ng bayabas, you know? And sometimes I remember we put, uh, we said we're gonna get in trouble by doing this, but we still did it and my dad found out and we tried to like lessen the pain in our board of education, our behind, we put some, you know, uh, newspapers, you know, and then my dad find out, so we got more, we got beaten more, you know, so we learn our lesson, but uh, we appreciate his discipline, you know, but when he disciplines us, you know, and sometimes you feel like, ah, lalayas na lang ako sa bahay nito, pero saan ako pupunta? You know, pag pupunta ako sa mga members' house, isusoloy rin nila ako sa bahay, you know, and lalong magagalit si daddy, but you know what, uh, when he disciplines us after, you know, syempre, galit, di ba? Uh, merong tension, merong pressure. But after that, tatawagin niya kami in the room or ako personally and he will point out what we did wrong. And he will embrace us and he will pray with us. And you know, restoration will be there. And I, I love those moments. Amen? And kung pwede lang paluin yung mga batang anak na babae, no? Nang, you know, pat, medyo iba dito sa Amerika. Buti lang dyan si, si grandma at si mami. You know? Helping us discipline. So, he picks it up from the dad. But secondly, a dad learns discipline from his relationship with God and by the word of God. You know, I can remember the sense of strength and protection my father had displayed. He was always looking after his family. And while he never had the same tenderness that mom had, he showed this love equally as powerfully to us kids. People so often have the perception that dads don't love their kids as much as mothers because they are not as emotionally endearing. But fathers have the capacity to love just as much as any other spiritual being. It's just expressed in different ways. Sometimes instead of a tender hug, it is a strong bear hug. You know? But it always felt good to be loved by dad. Dads are just designed by God to express their love in different ways. They express their love when they guard their family and provide good things to their wife and kids. Amen? And since almost 40% of the kids growing up uh, without dad at home here in America, we know there has to be another source of example for the developing dad, and that's the example we have in Jesus Christ. The best dads, take note, take their example from Jesus Christ and pass the legacy of the Lord on to their family. As Christian dads, amen? The legacy of Christ's love is the greatest gift a father can give 
And to be like Jesus in the way we manage our household is the greatest expression of love a dad can give to his family. Let's look first at the provision of dad as one of his expression of his love or a legacy that he had. I know Pastor Max had provided well, isn't it? He's a hardworking man, hardworking father, hardworking husband, hardworking pastor of this church. And if you look at Matthew 17, verse 24 to 27, here we can see an example of Christ's love, his legacy in providing for our needs. Just to paraphrase the story here, Peter asked the Lord Jesus how they were going to pay their taxes, the temple tax. Jesus told him to take a coin from the fish's mouth. This teaches his people that our Father God is a God of provision. Amen? You know, it was a miracle, isn't it? And somebody speculate that fish is like tilapia. That's why they called tilapia St. Peter's fish. So guys, when we eat tilapia, we are eating Bible food. Amen? Bible fish. And what he was able to have in his mouth is a, what we call the Tarian shekel, which is enough to pay the temple tax half that year. So God knows how to provide for the needs of his children. How about Matthew chapter 14? Uh, this is the feeding of the five thousands. And don't you know that the feeding of the five thousands are recorded in all the four Gospels? And also the account of the resurrection is recorded in the four Gospels. Those are the only two miracles in the life of Christ that are recorded in the four Gospels altogether. Which tells us something that God cares for our physical need. Amen? He fed those multitudes who are hungering. You know, by multiplying those five loaves and two fishes. But also God knows our greatest need, our spiritual need. That's why He rose from the grave. Amen? To complete our salvation, to complete our victory, to complete our redemption is the final stamp that Jesus Christ had overcome the curse of sin. Sting, hell, and the grave. So it tells us he is interested in meeting our physical need in the feeding of the 5,000 and more people and also our spiritual need when he rose from the grave. So we know from this story that he fed the multitudes with a few loaves of bread and a few fish. He once again provided the example of a father who provides all the needs of his family and he commands dads today to do the same thing. That's why 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, I think we have a verse there, but if any provide not for his own and especially for those of his own house, he had denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. That's a bad testimony to the unbelieving world if a Christian man, a Christian father does not provide for his family. He is worse than an unbeliever and an infidel if you don't provide for your family and you have to provide things that they need. In the same way, dads have the awesome responsibility of providing for their family and we know that our egos are wrapped up in our employment as dads. We're ashamed if we are unemployed, maybe different now since the pandemic. You're being, played not, you're being paid not to be employed, amen? And extend it but in the old times, the brunt of the responsibility to provide for the welfare of a family unit rests on the shoulders of the husband. Dads are always striving to maintain a balance of providing for their family and spending quality time with the family. Scripture teaches us that there has to be balance in our lives. 
Amen? Amen? Sometimes it's hard. Because men are hardwired with a desire to provide for their family and make a good home for their children, there's a constant struggle to maintain a balance between the giving of our time and the giving of things. Diba? The giving of time and things. There should be balance. A man constantly has to look to God for direction and example on how to manage his household. May he the one to lead us. Amen? As we heard the message, this example. God's example is that he always provided for his children. That's why we have Philippians 4.19. Amen? But my God shall supply all your, is it once? Needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. But you know what? God provides for the needs of his children, but he never replaces the value of spending quality time with him first. But then, rather than by giving them thing, things that will keep them busy and lose their time for him. So while there is provision in abundance, our Father God always places the greater emphasis on the time we spend with him. Sometimes, you know, a, a, a person, a couple asks the Lord, Lord bless us with a baby, and that baby becomes more uh, than God. Then that's a problem, isn't it? God, you ask God for a job and God gives you a job, then that job becomes more than God. It becomes an idol, isn't it? So God sometimes will not answer our prayers because He knew that that will be an imbalance in our lives. So we have to be careful. Yes, God can provide our needs, but there will always have to be a balance. We need to spend together uh, a wa wonderful time with Him. So in the same way, a father's duty to provide for his family should not overshadow the importance of spending quality time with them either. So, we need to find time to spend with our family, to talk to our children, to have communion with our wives, to, you know, spend those quality times of praying and, and just talking about life. Amen? Because we need that. And the demands of life to provide can probably cloud that, but we are reminded by God's word to find balance. Secondly, a father's legacy also expresses his love through correction, discipline. Amen? To uh, an example here, Matthew 16, 23, when Jesus rebuked Peter saying, Get thee behind me, Satan. He portrayed a power of love through the act of discipline, not wanting Peter to be lost in the old way of thinking. You know, he had a, a good thing in mind. He, he's trying to like fight for the Lord. He's trying to protect the Lord. But you know what? God, Christ Jesus, has to correct him. Because he is being used by Satan for Christ to bypass the cross, which is not supposed to be, isn't it? Because for us to have redemption, to have our sins forgiven, Christ needs to go to the cross. That's the only way. But now, unknowingly, Peter is being used by Satan to hinder the plan of God. But God's plan will always prevail. So, God... Christ Jesus has to correct Peter. Get thee behind me, Satan. Wow. If he is the first pope, you know, he was called the devil, Satan. <laughs> That's a problem. That's why he's not. Amen? So, uh, we see here, discipline is difficult, and it is oftentimes received by our children as a bad thing. Isn't it that happens? But it is a primary fruit of fatherly love. Discipline is a primary fruit of fatherly love. You know, children... You know you are loved by your parents, by your dad, by mom and dad when they correct you. 
and they discipline you. Because they receive that same correction and discipline from their parents. And for us as Christians, we are also disciplined by God when we are out of His will. When we are rebellious, when we disobey His will. You know, He gives us first conviction through the Holy Spirit, through the preaching of God's Word. And when we, you know, uh, push away that conviction, when we harden our heart, then He will chastise us. He will correct us because we belong to Him. We are His own. We are not bastards. You know, we are a child of God and He wants the best for us. And if you will not listen to the chastisement, you know, it can either be physical, uh, uh, emotional chastisement, or He might use other family members or situation in your in your, in your life to draw your attention back to Him, if you will not listen to that, the most sad thing that will happen to a Christian is the calling away, the premature death of an, an uh, disobedient, rebellious child of God. The calling away home. Isn't it? But it needs to be done. Discipline, correction, because dad has to discipline if he loves his children. That's why that verse, Proverbs 3.11, My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, Neither be weary of his correction. That's still love, amen? amen? That's true love. Despise not. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord. Neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he corrected, even as a father, the son in whom he delighted. There's a comparison there between our heavenly father and earthly father. If they love you, they will correct you. They'll speak the truth in love. And I know Pastor Max had disciplined his children. He's disciplined us, isn't it? Corrected us in, in a loving way. And we thank the Lord for that. A dad has to discipline because he wants the best for his children. The discipline of a father sets the whole course of his family's lives on fire. Children raised in the discipline of a strong and loving father have greater discipline as adults. And disciplined adults make greater contributors to society. Disciplina. Oh, naalala ko yung Pilipinas, no? We have previous presidents that, you know, also part of the parang corruption, no? And uh, just politics. Pero nung dumating si Duterte, no? I noticed that. Kamay na bakal. Nagkaroon ng konting disiplina sa Pilipinas. Kung may sign, bawal umihi dito, talagang walang umihi. Before, bawal umihi dito, pagdaan mo, amoy ihi. Di ba? Kasi walang disiplina. But, Discipline is good, isn't it? Correction is good, you know? There's a story here uh, of a young man who was making poor grades in school, particularly in math, oh, like me. His parents tried various things, none of which seemed to produce the desired improvement, except probably Brother Jay is good in math, our accountants here, you know? Finally, they decided to enroll him in a private school. At the end of the first grading period, the young man came home and proudly presented his report card to his parents. They were shocked to find that all of his grades had improved significantly. Most noticeably, he had received his first ever A in math. Wow! Good news, isn't it? So his parents were overjoyed and began to question him to determine what it was that had finally produced the improvement they had sought. Was it the non-traditional teaching methods in that private school? No. Was it the smaller class sizes and more individual attention or discipline? No. Well, the son replied, when I walked into that school on the first day and the first thing I saw was 
there was a man nailed to that plus sign, I knew I'd better take math seriously here in this school. You know? So he went to a private Catholic school. And you know, <laughs> Jesus is still on the cross for them. Plus signs. Oh, baka mapunta din ako dun. So dapat mag-aaral ako mabuti. You know? So he disciplined himself. Well, discipline is the act of a father urging his kids to live the right way for the development and growth of his family. You know, in the movie, if you remember, the Remember the Titans the movie, the coach pushed those students to the brink of their abilities. Some accuse him of trying to ruin them and break their spirits, but we know from the movie, by pushing them hard, he made them stronger. Remember the Titans. It pre prepared them for a difficult season of football, and in the end, they went undefeated and won the championship because of their discipline, because of correction. If the coach did not push them, they never would have pushed themselves. In the same way, a family is made by a father's discipline. Oh, Lord, help us, isn't it? So like a coach that pushes his players, the father's disciplines and urges his children to make them stronger. So not only the legacy of a father when providing for them, correcting for them, but also protecting them. Dad expresses his love and his legacy through his protection. You know, we know that the dad is the first line of defense. Amen? And the example of Jesus is that also he given us that greatest love example when he laid down his life to save us. Look at 1 John 3.16. 1 John 3.16. It says here, Hereby we perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Wow, what a tall order, isn't it? It's like 1 John 3.16 is like John 3.16, isn't it? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but uh, have everlasting life. So Jesus, you know, gave his life on the cross as the Bible says also in John 15.13. John 15.13. Alright, John 15, 13, the Bible says, Greater love had no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And Christ said, Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. The greatest example is God the Father, you know, allowing his son to be crucified on the cross, laying down his life for our salvation for our redemption so as dads also we need to lay down our lives for our children for our wives for our family we need to put away our personal desire personal interest for the sake of our family and that's a legacy worth living amen behind and living in this day and age dads are the first line of defense for their family and are often the first area where satan attacks because the enemy knows if you can take the leader out, his subjects are soon to follow. His subjects are soon to follow. So, let's protect our children by praying for them. Amen? Amen. By counseling them in the word of God. And needs to be, we need to lay down our lives for them. And that's one of the greatest things we can do for them. Then lastly, the last you know, expression of love or legacy that our Father can give to us is the legacy of salvation. 
That's the greatest legacy a dad, especially a Christian dad, leaves behind is the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's true, isn't it? When a parents die, their children expect to receive an inheritance. Like Brother Henry, di ba? <laughs> May inheritance yung mga anak niya. Alright? Brother Glenn. You know? Kaya meron tayo ngang will and testament, di ba? And sa akin, puro utang. Di ba? <laughs> I leave you behind. Hey, that's, but uh, sometimes that inheritance involves riches and sometimes it doesn't. But there is no greater inheritance than the legacy of a father lives concerning eternal salvation. It should be us fathers, amen, who will give a clear and wonderful presentation of the gospel to our children. What it means to be really saved, to be born again, to know God in a personal way, a relationship with Him. Yes, of course, our mothers uh, in the home had that uh, wonderful privilege and responsibility, too. but I think I believe we need, they need to hear it first foremost from their dads, from their fathers. Amen? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Ephesians 6, verse, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. I heard a, a man testify yesterday, sometimes it makes it so hard to make a decision when you are angry. Yes, it's true, isn't it? You have to calm down, you have to focus, you have to pray. And as fathers, let's not exasperate. Provoke our children to wrath, unreasonably speaking, but the admonition, bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And part of that is presenting them the gospel. What it means to be saved. Because a dad who loves his family will do his best to lead them in the way of the Lord. Amen? Another verse, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11 and 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11 to 13. As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father does his children, that ye would walk worthy of God, who had called you unto his kingdom and glory. We are called, you know, to walk worthy of his kingdom and his glory. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you receive the word of God which ye heard of us, ye receive it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. So we need to continue, continuously, when they got saved, admonish them in the nurture and instruction of the Lord. Why? Because Mark also 8.36 declare that the greatest thing we can give to our children is not really material temporal things isn't it but eternal spiritual things because what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world but loses his own soul and our desire as parents and even as individual christian believer is that our soul will prosper amen our soul will continue to know god and serve him and live for him all the days of our lives even though there's a lot of things are trying to get our attention nowadays. So, fathers, we can leave a wonderful expression of love and legacy by the way we provide, by the way we correct, by the way we protect, but most of all the way we share the word of God to others. Amen? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Lord, thank you for this simple lesson that we have, simple admonition to our fathers. And if we have people here, Lord, who don't have their fathers right now. 
They've gone to be with the Lord. What a comfort we have that we always have a Heavenly Father from above who watches us, wants the best for us. And if we are here and we didn't have a, a very good dad, they were not that responsible, they were not that good or great or uh, they, they, they did not really do their best, Lord, I, I pray that you just comfort those hearts and may they find a father figure in the church that they could look up to. And for our young people here, that uh, they will look at the example. If, if we fail as a father, Lord, because we're never perfect, but thank you, Lord, for the example of our Heavenly Father through Christ Jesus. But give us an encouragement, Lord, to continue, Lord, to live the Christian life by your grace. And thank you, Lord, that you reminded us that God are extremely important people in our lives. We are given the charge, the duties of protecting, providing, interceding for our families' sakes. We are given the privilege, the power to shape our families and our societies by the ways we live every day. We are the first line of defense for our families and are commissioned by God to deliver the good news of the gospel message to our families, not just with words, but in the way we live every day. Not just by the way we worship and pray on Sundays, but by the way we worship and praise every day of our lives. So we need your grace, Lord. We need your strength. And help our family unit all together from, from the grandfather or grandmother, from the father and the mother and the children to work together in harmony and unity, Lord, to achieve your will in our lives. And uh, as we live in the last days, in these sad days where the devil seems like had become triumphant in, in destroying the core of the family, we feel sad and our heart goes out to families who had fathers who abandoned their children, fathers who run away from the responsibilities as a father and as a husband. Lord, we feel for them, but we know, Lord, that you are near to those people. As you said in your word in the book of Psalm that our God, the Father, is a father to the fatherless. He is a good judge to the widows. And we thank you, Lord, that we can always look to you as our Father from above who cares, who wants the best of our well-being, Lord. So we just dedicate all our fathers before you today, encourage them, continue to teach us, Lord, thy will and thy way. Help us, Lord, to submit ourselves before you, to surrender our lives before you, and uh, to be sensitive to your will. And most of all, lead our families as dads, Lord, as fathers, in the spiritual upliftment of our families by praying them and teaching them your principles. And we can only do this, Lord, by your help. And we admit, Lord, our shortcomings. We admit, Lord, our uh, the lack of participation that we had. And we pray by your grace that we can strive to do better. And uh, continue to bless the rest of this afternoon, especially the program that we have for our dads. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.